0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Lift every voice and.
2: Townsend. And as you know, it is Saturday at the 1 p.m. hour We are here every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Sharing with you the gospel and the good news That selection, first opening selection, lift every voice and sing And that was none other than Tasha Cobbs Leonard Tasha Cobbs Leonard And certainly we encourage Everyone today to lift, and it's still Black History Month, and we continue with Black History Month, to lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. We uh, encourage you to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors to log on to www com slash global hyphen gospel. Our number in studio is 619 924 You still have time to join us. We want you to know that we do not own the rights to any of the music that you hear on today, but we pray that it is a blessing to you you and to you in addition to being on block talk radio we are also syndicated on apple itunes on spotify and google play and so you can look for us on those platforms as well we also encourage you to connect with us on social media we are on facebook we are on twitter we are on tumblr and we are on instagram if you go to our Facebook page, our Twitter page, or our Tumblr page, which is Global Gospel on those platforms, there is a direct link to each and every episode. All you have to do is click on the link, and certainly it will take you directly to our show. Well, we are glad to be here again on today. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassion fails not. Great is God's mercy, mercy towards us. It is another day that we've never seen before. It is the 18th day of February as we uh, continue in Black History Month. And certainly we do have a special guest that will be sharing with us in just a few minutes. But we want to shout out our sponsors. Shout out to MPT Enterprise, Marlon Townsend. Shout out to Abyssinia. Shout out to Melanated Beards and Third Lounge, Ryan Wilson. Shout out to the Nationwide Black Family Mediation Services, Lois, Glenn Carter. Shout out to those that are in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Michigan, California, Canada, Mexico, Jamaica, West Indies, Columbia, Brazil, Sierra Leone, Ivory Coast, Ghana, Nigeria, the Republic of Congo. South Africa, Mozambique, Portugal, Spain, France, the United Kingdom, Germany, Australia, the Philippines, Japan, Pakistan, Turkey, all of you listening around the world, we thank God for you, you, and for you. If you want to further connect with Global Gospel, you can connect with us at P.O. Box 5331, that is in Hempstead, New York, where the zip code is one one five five. Our email address is globalgospel17 at gmail.com. Certainly we look forward to hearing from you, you, and from you. For those of you that have joined Global Gospel for the first time, our theme scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And so today we offer to you the gospel of Jesus Christ, the glad tidings, the good news. Uh, We want you to know that, yes, Christ came for you, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And certainly if you have a financial need, if you have a spiritual need, if you have an emotional need, Christ is there to meet every need in your life. Salvation is comprehensive. And so today you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be down and out. You don't have to be suicidal because certainly Christ is the answer for all of your problems. And so we are going to take a break here. This next selection uh, says there is something about the name Jesus. And certainly after that selection, uh, our guests will be sharing with us in a few minutes. Stay tuned and be blessed.
0: It's the sweetest name I know.
2: Something about the name Jesus. Our special guest is here with us in studio. Good afternoon, special guest.
3: Good afternoon. And thank you. you. Wonderful. Thank you.
2: Thank you. That's one of my
3: favorite songs.
2: All right. So uh, perhaps our listeners may have not caught your voice. Tell our listeners your name. Dr. Faith
3: Foncifo, and it's an honor to have the opportunity to be here with you today.
2: All right. Uh, Certainly, we are honored and certainly humbled to have you, Dr. Faith Foncifo, to share with our listening audience today and certainly to share that selection with us something about the name Jesus. What does that selection mean to you?
3: Oh, that, that selection is just so comforting. It reminds me over and over that there's just something about the name Jesus. We can always call on Jesus. It can be just a simple prayer, Jesus, help me. It can be just ongoing conversations, but there's just something, something about that name, Jesus. We just thank him for all he did for us, all he has done for us, all he's going to do for us. And I thank him right now that I have the opportunity to spend time with someone I knew in his youth. And now as a man of God, I get to see how his life blossomed and his steps were ordered. So I just thank you. Something about the name Jesus.
2: Thank you. Thank you. You are too kind. And yes, this is a, Uh, My second grade teacher from, I don't remember when, when, Whatever you, uh, uh, whatever age you are, when you're in second grade, that's when. All right. (laughs) Okay.
3: You were seven.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're a long ways from seven, but thank God that we are here, as you said, all because of Jesus. And certainly the Lord has ordered our steps. Tell our listening audience a little bit about you, Dr. Von Chabot.
0: Well,
3: I um, have been in education for just shy of 50 years. I was doing the math the other day, and I said, oh, my goodness, how time flies. And wow. I've served in several capacities, uh, starting as a teaching assistant, a classroom teacher, a bilingual teacher, reading specialist, middle school principal, elementary school principal, high school principal, central office and then back to the high school and retirement. So um, I've retired. Actually, I've refocused my life, not really retired, and I'm doing a, f- a couple of things that I truly enjoy as well. And uh, one of them is working at the university level, helping to prepare teachers to teach in classrooms so that teachers are culturally responsive and truly Uh, are prepared to work in our classrooms and to support our children, especially children of color. And I also work with the Peace After School Program, which was started with Ms. Inez uh, Dingle and Nurse Williams and myself in 2011. So it's celebrating going into its 12th year of operation in Hempstead at 100 Terrace Avenue. And because of the kindness, of the building management led by Peter Flory. We have uh, three apartments that were gutted and then uh, renovated so that we could operate out of those apartments. And we have a wonderful program where uh, students get individualized or small group tutoring and homework assistance every day and other enrichment activities that help motivate the children so that they're encouraged to do that homework and to uh, complete assignments. We read daily. We write daily. We play chess. We have robotics. In fact, in March, we're starting our ninth annual chess tournament. And uh, those things, in addition to my grandchildren, keep me very busy.
2: Awesome. That is an awesome testimony, an awesome resume, awesome biography. And I'm sure you're still adding to that list of things that you do and I think that is awesome to celebrate over 50 years in education that means that you pass one of the biggest tests and certainly that is the test of time and certainly time is <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> time moves swiftly as you said and it seems to never be on our side and so it's a awesome thing when we make the best of our time Did you – is this something you always wanted to do to be in education, or was there one day you had an aha moment?
3: Well, it's it's funny because um, my mother uh, saved everything, and one of the things she saved was a little essay that she shared with me one day where I was probably in first grade, and I wrote three sentences. uh, When I grow up, I want to be a teacher. And it was kind of, I had periods in the middle of it, (laughs) but (laughs) I wasn't ready to be a teacher at that point. (laughs) Okay. But but certainly I had it in my mind's eye and I smiled because I almost didn't become a teacher, but uh, God's uh, work was in my life and I'm actually the third generation of teachers. My grandmother was a teacher, my mother was a teacher, and I became a teacher and my daughter's a teacher. And so um, hopefully we'll continue that teaching legacy.
2: Wow. So you almost had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is that is certainly awesome. And how important as an educator, as obviously coming from a family of educators, how important is education to you? Mm,
3: absolutely. Um, critical. everyone's life Um, for a few reasons. One, um, when we look at brain research, we know that uh, human brains continue to develop until we're in our early 20s. So around 21, 22 is when our brain stops really growing. And considering that, it's so important that we do things like adopt universal education for everyone at least through an associate's degree so that we can continue to have uh, everyone's brain developing to its maximum potential. Um, it's so critical uh, because first of all we live in a democracy and uh, like Franklin Roosevelt said if you you know we have a republic if we can hold on to it. Uh, you cannot have a democracy where people are making choices and selections and the population isn't educated. So it's critical to our government. It's critical to our life our life choices um, to have opportunities for us, limited in the things that we can choose. And if you apply for jobs and you don't have the educational background to be able to qualify for that job, the first thing that racist systems will say is, I couldn't find anyone qualified.
0: Well, mm.
3: education means that now you are qualified. And so uh, it's really critical for just your own personal development, for the sustenance of our political system, the way it operates, because in a dictatorship, you don't need people who think. You don't need mm. people who are educated. You don't need a critical thinking group of people. You just need people who will follow and say, yes, Massa. And wow. um, that's not what we want. We want people who think critically, who make decisions that are reasonable and, uh, and really have an understanding of what uh, we need to do for our society to move forward. And um, And of course, I have my own slant on that, and that is that something about the name Jesus. We should know (laughs) that we want our society to move forward in a way where we're kind to each other, where we're loving to each other, where we're supportive to each other. Um, And I think somehow we've gotten off track, but if we continue to strengthen our educational system, then uh, we'll be able to make those course corrections that are necessary um, because um, we want our children and our children's children to benefit from an American society that supports them and helps them to fulfill their dreams.
2: Well, well said. And you, you added the faith piece in there, and it's probably something that we don't, students don't realize, or uh, I would say my generation uh, does not realize that as we get older and as we see our teachers uh, in different stages of life or different areas of life, that you find out that, during my time, a lot of our teachers uh, were connected to the faith-based community, and I believe that it is so important that we don't necessarily openly express our faith in the classroom, and certainly today, everybody's fighting everything and uh, canceling everything, and so I'm sure it's harder today to express your personal convictions. Um, it is important to know that there are people in the education system that do know that there is something about the name of Jesus that are in the classroom praying, maybe silently, but they're, they're praying. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure your faith has brought you all this time.
3: Amen. Amen. Uh, absolutely. I have, I'm, I'm smiling because you just triggered a memory for me. Um, well, first of all, just so that you know, yes, I see this as a ministry. Um, definitely this education is a ministry. And so, if you don't connect with not only your faith but love of children and uh, then it's not the profession for you mm-hmm. because you're actually helping to shape children's lives and helping to guide their future and so uh, it it really is a ministry and Yes, I'm active in my church, so if my church sisters are listening, no, I did not forget to mention you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll give you time for shout-outs before we end this segment. Thank you.
3: And uh, so it's definitely a ministry. It's definitely critical to each person's life. And if you don't love children, this is not the profession for you. So uh, I have to smile because when I was an elementary school principal, there was an incident where Every morning, of course, I would get up, and we would uh, say the pledge, and we would uh, have a moment of silence after the pledge. And uh, one of the – someone in the building mentioned to me, um, well, the teachers are upset because they think that you look like you're praying in the mornings when it's the moment of silence because you close your eyes. And I had to laugh. I said, well, I might be. <laughs> because we have a lot of things we need to pray about, but that's my right. So I think that is anyone else's business anyway. And so she took that and walked away with it. But uh, you're absolutely right that sometimes um we are very limited about, because the separation of church and state, how we can express our faith in our classrooms. But I always like to say that We model our faith with our behavior. We model our faith with what we do and the choices we make and how we behave, how we talk to children, how we talk to our staff, how we talk to each other. Um, So we model those behaviors, although we are limited in ways in which we can outwardly or openly express faith.
2: Awesome. Well said. And so as we continue to talk about our faith and education, and we are going to uh, be, come back to that two-piece before we end this segment, and certainly we'll tell our listeners, the listening audience, how they can participate in that program, awesome program, and work that you're doing in the village of Hempstead. But there are two pieces of uh, information that we need to cover. Uh, let's talk about 1865.
3: Oh, yes my favorite year, other than my birth. (laughs) 1865 uh, rings a bell because it brings back uh, when I was a high school principal, and that was one of our mantras. So every day during announcements, we would say, collectively, 1865, never forget. So what's the significance of 1865? Well, most people know, that it has to do with the abolition of slavery, with the 13th Amendment. And a lot of attention has been given to the 1619 Project and uh, the idea that um, slavery was abolished with the 13th Amendment. However, there was a caveat in which um, if someone is incarcerated, they can be treated as a slave. Well, that's not exactly what we were talking about with the 1865 Never Forget. We were talking about the specifics related to before 1865 when people of color were enslaved, it was a crime to know how to read and write. Literacy was a crime and people were beaten, people were lynched, people were castrated, all kinds of horrible things happened to people who, for whom it was discovered, they knew how to read or they knew how to write. And you think about that for a minute and just like, oh, my God, you mean that to just know your ABCs, to know how to write your name, that was a death sentence in the hands of someone else. Oh, like 1865, it's not just the liberation of the body, that our bodies were freed, the liberation of the mind, That our minds were freed to be able to have the right to read and write, the right to go as far as you can with your education, with your instruction, so that never forget how valuable that right is. Because if someone took it away from you, then it must have meant something really powerful. And it does. Because people get in all kinds of messes because they don't read things or They are unable to write things. And the higher you go in whatever your profession, whatever your chosen profession, the more writing and reading you really have to do. And so 1865, never forget, not only addresses the concern of the school to prison pipeline and how with the um, understanding that you can Criminal. You can criminalize someone's behaviors in an effort to enslave them, but it also refers to never let anyone, anyone, take away your right to read and write and to be educated. Um, Because if you see that you're not getting what you should be getting in your classroom, let us know. You know, if if somebody is sitting there and not challenging you enough so that you can think critically, let us know because part of the responsibility of education is on you, each individual, because you can be self-educated because you're just reading and consuming so many books and seeking out information and weighing different points of view so that you really hone in on what your brain is capable of doing because that's how critical your education is. So never forget, never forget that it was illegal, it was a crime. However, now it is not, and it is your source of power.
2: I think that is very profound of a statement to never forget. And as you said, it was your mantra, 1865, because 1865, if you think about it, it was a long time ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. (laughs) And um, sometimes people, uh, particularly younger people And other people that are not connected with our community Will say, oh, that happened a long time ago That happened in the 60s, that happened in the 50s Listen, there's people still no, No one may not be around, that was around 1865 But there's people around that lived through the Civil Rights Movement That were sharecroppers that lived on farms, that lived in rural areas, that didn't have certain rights. And listen, there were people around in the 50s and 60s that didn't have the opportunity to go to school and learn to read and write as well because whatever their situation was at home or whatever their financial situation, it was a problem. So I, 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 I'm grateful that uh, someone is reminding the world of our history and certainly and how that affects everything else, and you also mentioned the school-to-prison the pipeline, and so one of the things that uh, is meant and put in place to counteract that is peace, and you can tell our listeners um, at this time a little bit more about peace and so and how they can get involved.
3: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, because uh, to just begin with, that was 158 years ago, we do the math. Mm-hmm. And you think about that, that might be two generations. Someone mm-hmm. lives to 70. That means maybe three generations, but you're you're not talking about that long a p- time period. It wasn't that long ago. And so um, what I love about the Peace After School Program is that, first of all, the acronym stands for partnerships, and this is a partnership. We partner with Island Harvest. We partner with the Girl Scouts. We partner with uh, Terrace Project Restoration, Terrace Avenue. We, so we encourage lots and lots of partnerships, Salvation Army. We have um, a dance company that we partner with. So we're on, on an ongoing basis looking for partnerships like with Morrison Mentors, or like the, there's a music studio that's opening up in Hempstead soon, and we're partnering with them, anticipating having our students go over there and learn different skills related to music. So we're constantly seeking partnerships. The E stands for Partnerships in Education, because education is our focal point. We have students bring in every test that they do well on, or every uh, quiz because we make copies and we post them everywhere to encourage everyone so that they look at the, that the wall of honor in each room and they remember that was when I hit a high point and I want to keep striving to do well because education is critical to my future. Partnerships in education to avoid criminal justice system entry. So it's Avoiding Criminal Justice System Entry. And why do, we say, why do we say that as an acronym? Because we want everyone to realize that criminal justice system entry becomes a pathway in individuals' lives. It's very rare that someone goes in once and then comes out and never goes in again because the system is structured so that once you go in once then now you're viewed through that lens and it makes it truly difficult for you not to end up back again because it's so much harder for you to get housing to get a job to get other opportunities that are just or made much more challenging for you and so we want to avoid that first entry into the criminal justice system one of the research um, uh findings that i have always found fascinating is that the the government has used third grade reading and math scores to determine how many jails to build to support building wow. and this started in
0: the Bush administration,
3: and uh, with that, they would look at how many children are below grade level in third grade, the nation. So they look at the national education scores, and then they would say, all right, so we've got um, this many children, that percentage, then we need to have this many jails built to accommodate those those children, because we know that when people don't have other options they are easily tempted to the dark side. <laughs> and so if someone says, well, look, you can make this much money selling weed on the corner, and, um, and we don't have um, the, the patience to wait for making that $15 an hour, and we want to make $50 an hour right away, then we fall, we succumb. You fall into the trap. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you get in the trap, it is impossible to get out of the trap because of the way the system is structured. So um, there are challenges that you will face with housing. There are challenges you will face with employment. There are challenges you will face with borrowing money, with loans. Uh, School loans will be cut off from you. All these things happen because of the way the system is structured to continue punishing you even after you have paid your debt to society. So um, we don't want that to happen to our children. We don't want that happening to them because we know it destroys our communities. They say when one person is in prison, the whole family goes to jail
0: because there
3: are predatory behaviors that take place in every prison. So phone calls that should be, you know, unlimited minutes are cost $5 for a minute. <laughs> um, commissaries for one Twinkie that should cost a dollar cost $15. I'm, exagger- I'm exaggerating a bit, but right. the point is the yeah. that the price is not standard pricing. And when people leave their their situation instead of having paid their debt then they have to pay for the days that they were incarcerated and they have to so they still owe money and then they have to um, pay things that they couldn't pay while they were incarcerated so it's it is a horrible situation to be in it stacks the deck so that you can't. You will have extreme difficulty moving forward in a positive way in life. And to make the situation even worse, most people who are incarcerated have a reading level that is below grade level. And so uh, even though nobody's doing reading level tests uh, as adults, if you were to go back and look at records or if you were to go back or even just say, come and sit down, let's see how um, your entrance exam for uh, NASA community would be. And they wouldn't pass because we go back to that study with the data with the Bush administration where Mm -hmm. most people who are incarcerated do not have an on-grade level reading ability. So for that reason, we take the PEACE program extremely seriously uh, we have small groups, so we work either in groups of five or below, and in, with many children, it's a group of one uh it's individual tutoring. why? Because the child needs it and I'm an advocate for public education uh, and and I know that public schools cannot do it alone, and so that's another reason why we are so. Uh, committed and dedicated to peace because it serves as an assist to our public schools, to our community, to our families. We need that assist. It takes a village, old African adage, everybody knows that. It takes Mm -hmm. a village. It did not come from Hillary Clinton. She, She acknowledged it's an African. It takes a village. So public schools can't do it alone. And children get lost because the teacher has, 25, 30 children in that classroom. Mm -hmm. So we provide that individualized or small group tutoring to help make a difference. Um, Does it do everything? No. But does it help? Absolutely.
2: That is awesome. That is awesome. And how can we enroll, how can one enroll their child in this program?
3: Well, we try to make the application process smooth and easy and that we have hard copies available in the program and we also have our application online so if you go to www.peaceafterschoolprogram.org you will see there on that website that there is enroll your child up at the top menu and i believe it's the very first tab enroll my child and if you click it on you will see that applications are there for you to download and print out for uh, the after school program and the summer camp program. Uh, and so you can access a printer in the library if you don't have a printer at home. And you can print out the pages. The reason you have to print it out and fill it out is because several of the pages need to well, one page needs to be notarized um, and that's permission for uh a media release for permission for photography and videos because we do lots of those. And we also ask that you include the medical record because especially nowadays, we always have to just, as if you were attending school, you have to provide proof of the child's uh, health so that they can uh, participate with uh, the rest of the students enrolled. And we also ask for, and the reason that we ask for the report card is so that we have a sense as to where the child is starting and the areas that we need to provide support uh, in for that child to continue to grow. Uh, We do collect report cards periodically after every quarter or every uh, semester, depending on the school, because some schools have the trimester. And we review report cards. so that we can highlight areas that we need to continue to focus on or areas in which we've seen improvement. very first thing we look at is if we see improvement in the completion of homework, uh, because we do focus on completing homework every day, and we want to see that that has been noted and the growth has been demonstrated. But we also want to see what's going on with behavior and attitude. Since we focus on a code of conduct, and how behaviors that we demand in the program are behaviors that we should practice while we are in school and in life. Uh, So those are the things we work on. So you can go to the website, or you can come into the program. We're there every day from 3.30 to 6, and you can get an application at that time, or you can go online at your convenience.
2: Is there a fee?
3: We do not charge a fee for the program. At one point when we were truly struggling, we started charging $12.50 a week, which comes out to $50 a month, and uh, that for many parents was a challenge. And uh, we said we've got to do something better than this. And so we have been fortunate to have been awarded some grants and support through the Office of Youth Services and some of our uh, legislators. And so we have been truly blessed that we are able to provide support. We now have uh, 50 children, actually 53 enrolled, and we our daily attendance is uh, hovers around 40. And we have plenty of space. We've operated with summer camps of 75 children. So we do have plenty of space, and we uh, do not charge because we because we are able to support the cost of salary, of the cost of uh, mailings, office supplies, all of those things are supported through our grant programs.
2: Awesome, awesome. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it, how you can – Enroll in peace. Enroll your child in peace. And um, we are going to take a brief break. Our number in studio, you, you may have some questions. Our number in studio is 619-924-0800, 619-924-0800. Our special guest today, Dr. Faith Uh Stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
1: my whole and-
2: Stand. We are back. Our number is studio, 619-924-0800, and certainly we have covered a lot of territory today, and we pray that you all have been informed, enlightened, and educated just a little more. Now, Dr. Von Chabot, I'm sure with your credentials, you could have chosen to be anywhere in any community and certainly here you are in the heart of the village of Hempstead, and, and part of what in Long Island is called, quote, unquote, the Black Belt. And and it is Black History Month. And so how important is the community, uh, cation of the community to you? And as you expressed, there's so many things, education, school, the prison pipeline, there's a lot going on. How important is the community and the belt to you?
3: Extremely important. Um, You know, we know that uh, America has changed. America is no longer the America uh, prior to the civil rights movement. And we're glad that um, we have the opportunity to support the community. And, by the way, the village of Hempstead also provides us with support in the town of Hempstead. So we have several cheerleaders who are working to help us out so that the community can be enriched and the children can be enriched. After all, I always say it's about the children, the adults. The adults, we've made our choices. We've made our decisions, Mm -hmm. but it's about the children. And every child should have the opportunity to grow and to prosper irrespective of zip code, irrespective of belt, irrespective of uh, the community, every community should have that opportunity, not just uh, the North Shore, not just um, those who live near Tiffany's or Nordstrom's. No, every child should have that opportunity, every child. They don't choose to be born, and yet They're here, and they're a blessing, and they deserve every opportunity we can provide for them.
2: Awesome. Well said. I I know time is getting away from us. Who would you like to shout on this Saturday afternoon? (laughs) Oh,
3: what a great question. Well, firstly, I'd like to shout out to my church family and my theater group, my adults children, my grandchildren, the Hempstead schools, the Roosevelt
0: schools. Anything else?
2: Oh, that's up to you.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what 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 church is what is who is your church family? My church
3: family is the Lutheran Church of the Good Shepherd and uh I just adore my Hannah group and my Salome group and I just adore my church family uh, because they have been there for me and uh, and I have served faithfully. And I just, uh, I do believe in an afterlife. I believe in life eternal. And I know that uh, laying that foundation here for others is really important. So I think I mentioned earlier that what I do in education is really important because uh it is a ministry. It's a ministry.
2: And I, I think that probably can't I know you said you said it before but that probably can't be stressed enough <laughs> because mm-hmm. whatever we do we do as unto the Lord and it is so important in in a world that is so many ways and so many areas godless in a society that is godless in a in an education system that becomes more about politics and people's agenda than it is actually educating, um, it is so important that I believe that we hold on to our faith, those of us, those the people that are, whatever area that you are working, it is important that you do it uh, with your faith in mind and certainly with Christ at the center of whatever we do. And certainly that hour has gone by really, really quickly. Um, It's almost at the conclusion of the hour. So I'm going to give our listeners, I'm going to give that phone number one more time. Uh, Perhaps someone has a question. Uh, 619-924-0800. And certainly, again, I I thank you uh, for sharing with us my second grade teacher from when I was seven back in 19... eighty something. <laughs> I was a student at uh at that time it was it was we said Washington Roads because it was Washington Street School and then uh they named it Margaret Marguerite Golden Roads School and so now I was actually maybe two maybe two years ago it was renamed the uh, Academy. It's called the um, Rhodes Academy, I believe. And so I was a student there, and I do feel like growing up in Hempstead and Uniondale it, uh, that um, most of the teachers were concerned about our well-being, about our education. And I felt like, and I always express to people, I don't know what exactly happens now, but I felt like all of our educators had given us a sense of being black and being black in America and rising to the occasion and you know uh, Hempstead is African American or uh, Latino and uh, so I think it is so important uh, that our community understands our community and the educators in the community understand the community. Have a Caller. Caller. Are you there? Yes.
3: Good evening. Good evening. Yes. Yes. That's Hi. Good, yeah. Yeah. I, good evening, Dr. Vanshival. This is your student's mother, Ma- Lamar's mom, calling. It's good to hear your voice after all these years. <laughs> what another? What a wonderful surprise! I can see your face. I can yes, see your you face. Some faces never forget. Yeah. yeah you, always and, you know. To I just wanted. You know, I just wanted to let you know, it was very nice shows, good information, and um, it was a question I wanted to ask. Uh, I don't know if I missed it, but is it just for the Hempstead children, or are you reaching out to the other um, school districts? Well, we actually serve the entire Nassau County. Um, oh, however, okay. we do, yes, we give priority in placement to the children who live in the building at 100 Terrace okay. Avenue. All right. Okay. And what floor are you on? We're on the ground floor, so it makes okay. it very accessible if you have to bring things in or out or if you're a wheelchair. Uh, so we're right there. And well, we I'm glad have to know we've... about this program. Wonderful. Come by and visit. Yeah, I, I'm going to do that. Our sign is right outside our door. So as you cross First the time intersection I'm hearing about it. <laughs> if you cross the intersection of Jackson and Terrace, just look mm-hmm. up on your right hand side and you'll see a big sign next to a green door. And it says Call Peace again. After School Program. All right, very good. Good to hear your voice again. Same here. Thanks so much for calling in.
2: All right, okay. take care. Thank you we have another caller once again our number in studio 619-924-0800 caller uh yes minister townsend i yes. uh, joining the program a little bit late today um okay just interested in this too uh i was just wondering how does one make a donation um is it tax deductible and where do we go online to find out more information
3: Oh, you're so wonderful. Thank you. Yes, you can make a donation online uh, on our website. Uh, We also have
0: uh,
3: on the website and we have a – oh, I'm drawing a blank because we use the website all the time. But we do have uh, another funding source that I'm going to – possibly could I send the uh, link into you, Reverend Townsend, and then maybe it's something you yes, could yes. include in the blog.
0: That
3: and I can. We all, thank you. And all don- donations are tax deductible uh, because we are a 501c3, and we have been for the last 11 years. And so all donations are tax deductible to the extent allowed by law.
2: Okay, wonderful. Minister Townsend, I'll be getting, uh, hopefully seeing that online from you uh, in the very near future. Thanks for all you um, do. Make sure you, you, it, you, you get. Thank you. God bless you.
0: Thank Again, you. Thank God you. bless.
2: Thank you, all of our callers. All right, I'll, I'll allow one more caller, 619-924-0800. I'll give you one minute uh, to call in if you have a question. Comment or concern, and certainly we will share that information about donations the appointed time. Again, uh, certainly thank you, Dr. Von Chaveau. Uh My brother, my bro- brother uh, is a part-time mathematician, so he explained to me that the year that I was seven was
0: 1989.
2: So. <laughs> so so thank you. Thank you, brother. Uh, closing, concluding remarks for this episode. Uh, certainly, you sparked so many things that I would have liked to elaborate on. Um, for example, one, when you were talking about 1865 and the school of prison pipeline, one of the first things that came to mind as I think of slavery and the school system is a prison here in the United States by the name of Angola. <laughs> And um, if you don't know about Angola or if you never read about Angola, I encourage our listeners to read about it, YouTube it, whatever you have to do, because while slavery is over, it's not over. Um, Go ahead. Concluding concluding remarks for the day.
3: Amen. I think you've said it best. And I thank you for that. Uh, Peace. Uh, we work really hard to try and combat or to disrupt that school to prison pipeline. We try to work very closely with our schools and our school districts because we know that it takes a village and we're not, uh, to, we, and we are not too, uh, isolated or too separated to ask for help and collaboration because it does take a village. And we're interested in one thing and one thing only, and that is Supporting our children and helping our children to be the best they can be because we know that with our help uh, together as a community, as a team, that our children will find the success they deserve and that they will become productive adults in our community so that they can just get out there and do their thing in this world and and the universe. Thank you.
2: Awesome. If you ever want to support us, we
3: appreciate all donations. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. And would you like to do the closing prayer or?
3: I would love to.
2: Okay.
3: Oh, Father God. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being the mighty God that you are. Thank you for bringing us together. Time is this. Thank you for the reconnection, Father God, with a child, a mother, And now as an adult, a reverend and a mother, thank you, Father God, for that connection and reconnection and showing us again how life moves on and how you order our steps, Father God, and lead us to fulfill the mission that you've given to each and every one of us. Thank you for giving us that purpose in life. Thank you for the purpose of education, the purpose of serving ministry. Thank you for the purpose, Father God, and help us to help every child. Fulfill his or her purpose that you've given them in life. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Again, everyone, if you missed any part of this episode, immediately found this episode, all shows are archived. You can reach us at Block Talk Radio, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Again, thank you, Dr. Von Cheveau. Uh Peace, love, and blessing to you and all that you do. Amen. Perfect
3: peace. Amen. Amen.
1: I will keep you in-